Bounty hunting is a complicated profession, which is why we're here to discuss The Mandalorian. I'm Dan Morin. As I mentioned, we're discussing The Mandalorian, which currently airs on Disney+. And every week, I invite on a different guest to talk about the week's episode. With me this week, I am fortunate enough to have a Star Wars aficionado, a podcaster, a writer, uh, a, a person about town. Kelly Gamont is here. Hi, Kelly. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> Hi, Dan. It's really great to be here. I'm excited to get to chat with you about this. Yeah, me too. It's a good episode. So we're, we got a lot. We got a lot to unpack here. But first, before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to give you a second to expound if you if you're so interested in the Mandalorian <laughs> as a whole and just like you know what what you dig about the show. Uh, you know, I know again, I mentioned I think you're a little bit of a Star Wars fan. So you know, I'm kind of curious to know your 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 feelings on it. Uh, I. They vary. I'll say that. Um, okay. I love the show and I love what it's aiming for. And I love getting to see kind of <clears throat> the in-between, the interstitial stuff that we've gotten hints at and in, in previous, you know, primarily in films. Um, getting to see the stuff that happens in between and like the worlds that exist in between all of that is stuff that I really enjoy. So uh, that there is a Bounty Hunters Guild is a thing and you know that was kind of entertaining finding out about the other kind of relationships and how the stuff that we know happened in the films is affecting sort of the people on the ground and all that so uh it's it's been really interesting to watch i get sometimes impatient when we get those episodes that are 100 side quest mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because if we didn't learn anything new then i'm particularly if it's a side quest in a place we've already been i'm kind of like yeah yeah get on with it i want to hear you know the rest of the story because i know that they dole this out in in much smaller doses than some of us are accustomed to with certain tv consumption right. it's not it's so, not a binge <clears throat> yeah and and even if it is you know it's um they're all under an hour and i think uh last time we got eight or ten episodes so we you know this one's probably gonna be eight or ten so like we don't have a lot of them to go and then it's gonna be like a year before we get more right, right. so like i want as much actual storytelling and plot advancement as i can so when we get stuck in the same planet <laughs> for a whole episode i'm like go 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 yeah yeah um, you're like me like you're like a like a little bit of a like a i can absorb as much star wars as you want to throw at me basically like i'm pretty much my, I'm, my yeah. body is ready <laughs> Yes, uh, I've I've trained my whole life for this, and so I like you give me that. Um, yeah, in fact, I can point out that uh, you and I did the Star Wars Holiday Special Commentary That's track. True. That's that true. Is available for, for members. So if you yes. want to know, if you want to know how hardcore we are, uh, there it is. So, not the new cute Lego one. The, the old school original. Yeah, that's that, that is for special. the incomparable members because honestly, why wouldn't you pay to listen to us talk about the Star Wars <laughs> Holiday Special? That seems on brand. That's that's exactly it. Um, so part of what so what I love about the Mandalorian though is that it's really expanding the universe in what is to me an interesting way. And I'm not one of those people who thinks uh, you can't do anything outside of those first three movies. And um, as long as it's compelling and as long as it's something interesting, I don't care if it's a book or an animated series or, you know, this on Disney Plus or more films, like whatever it is, like as long as you're doing something that is interesting and seems to make sense in the universe that we've had set up, then I'm basically here for it. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So I take it from that that you are you have watched things like Clone Wars and Rebels. 
Uh, I have not watched Rebels yet. I'm mostly okay, through okay. Clone Wars. Okay. So, all right. All right. Yeah. So that'll be interesting because, like, as we discussed, this you know, expanding the universe, but in some ways, we we'll also have stuff that links into previous things that we've seen in this universe before, especially right. this week. So we're gonna we're gonna delve into that yeah. a little bit. Uh, so let's talk about Chapter 13, entitled "The Jedi." So pretty upfront at that point, at least, what we're gonna <laughs> see in this episode. Yeah, I when- know. I know what they're calling it, but I'm calling it my new favorite samurai movie. <laughs> I will give you that. That seems totally fair. Uh, we open basically in, on Corvus, the forest or f- previously forested planet to which the Mando was directed. Formerly forested planet, yeah, known once as Corvus. previously known as Corvus. Yes, uh, and we have a city in which mass troopers are going through the streets and people are running inside as a giant alarm bell goes off, and we are greeted by the stony, craggy face of none other than Michael Bean who never instructs anybody <laughs> to come with him if they want to live, unfortunately. Um, but he is playing Lang, uh, a soldier of some sort in this uh, city. And we get a jumping right into all these soldiers outside the city walls who are being picked off one by one by a, uh, a someone wielding two white lightsabers. Yes. Uh, which is our introduction to Ahsoka Tano who uh, watchers of Clone Wars and Rebels will know as a long-running character on uh, Dave Filoni's animated series and the the person who we were directed to a couple weeks ago by Bo-Katan. Uh, there's a really... Who cool... is from Rebels, right? Yes. Like, uh, she's from Clone am Wars. I remembering she's that? from Clone Wars. Oh, she is from Clone Wars. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm just not that far yet, though. No, no. It's, <laughs> uh, what I, now, what I, oh, go ahead, Before please. we get further... Um, at least where I'm, I'm like halfway through, or no, I'm just starting season four of Clone Wars. Okay. Um, and I think, I know Ahsoka has two lightsabers, but they're yellow. Yeah, there's some stuff going on okay. there. I won't spoil anything because okay. I will spoil I stuff for sure people I'm, listening, I'm but like not for you. Remembering that right. So that's yeah, what there's I, some, yeah. There's okay. some stuff. Um, yeah. I will it say. Was when we saw the two lightsabers, I was very excited. Yes. That was the moment when, when I, I real like, that actually is the Jedi that we're talking about. Uh, because like you know i've i've we've been misdirected before right, and right. so i'm like which jedi is this and as soon as we got two lightsabers i knew who it was yes and and a particularly uh kind of awesome opening sequence which i feel like is shot not only like a samurai has elements of that samurai movie but also definitely has elements of like a horror movie as mm. except ahsoka's the monster right where she's like stalking right. all these people and like we get the camera dolly in at a couple points and mm. you know the people like uh, their screams are cut off as something just like, yeah. totally massacres them yes out of the mist all of a sudden they send these guys outside the gate and uh they don't stand a chance no, no, they're getting cut down left and right, and we get some really great physical performance here. This is Rosario Dawson playing uh, Ahsoka Tano, um, taking over from Ashley Eckstein, who voiced the character on the animated series. But I think Rosario Dawson, she's, I mean, she looks the part, like A-plus yeah. casting once again. They, they really, really found ex- someone who looked great. I was really pleased to see her, and as soon as I, I, I thought, you know, she kind of looks like Rosario Dawson, and then she spoke, and I, that's definitely Rosario Dawson. Yeah. And then I was even more excited because she, and, and then she was great. So I was like, overall, I was very pleased with the casting by the time we got to the end of the episode because she was really awesome. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, So she confronts the magistrate of the town um, and she wants to learn something from the magistrate. But the magistrates decided instead uh, she's going to make Ahsoka back off by basically starting to kill innocent civilians. And she sort of hauls up one guy uh, and says, like, I'm going to start with him and I'm going to keep going and you should back off. And Ahsoka gives her one day 
essentially to you know change her mind <laughs> and then she's coming back in lightsabers blazing yeah i'll be back tomorrow yeah we'll, we'll yeah, talk you, then. you decide you make your call um yeah and she just keeps saying the information so we know it's not a thing right like she's not here she, for for, for a treasure or yeah. or whatever like there's a thing you need to tell me and this is how it's going to go. This is how it's going to go. You're going to tell me. Uh, yep. The Mando and the child are about to land on Corvus. Uh, Baby Yoda wants his little play ball control thing uh, and starts <laughs> unscrewing it with a force. And Mando's not having it. shift, yeah. Not having it. He's, no, I told you to stop doing that. Um, Corvus, we get sort of a more of a look at it as we zoom in here. And it does look like it's entirely been raised. I don't know. I went to um, years and years ago when I was a teenager, I went to Yellowstone and there was a part that had been uh you know basically burned in a fire yeah and it, it looked just like that and it was kind of eerie uh and strange i live in oregon i'm here to tell you that's what it looks like yeah. in the aftermath yeah, <laughs> we've right. had a few of those now and yeah um it was in fact uh when we first get the wide shot of of the the form the forest the the former forest um Mr. Kelly said, oh, they're landing in Oregon. (laughs) (laughs) Back to the Pacific Northwest. Well, having been, having watched many, many shows that film in Vancouver, I'm, I feel like I'm intimately familiar with the Pacific (laughs) Northwest scenery. Uh, There are some giant herbivores that eat trees here. uh, And as they leave the ship, Baby Yoda has, of course, brought his ball with him, which the Mando reclaims, saying it's got to stay on the ship, but he tucks it in his armor. (laughs) Yeah, it has to stay on the ship. So I'm taking it with us instead of you. (laughs) You might need a toy later foreshadowing uh mando <laughs> walks his way into town where he meets lang uh who interrogates him about being a bounty hunter and he says yeah i'm just looking for a place to sort of hang out and i has a fun exchange where he asks him if he's in the guild and mando says last i checked, last I checked. <laughs> <laughs> which technically i think grief Kariga did reinstate him at the end of the last season but yeah. it's unclear how broad his authority is to do that <laughs> yeah but he did i think he did say like whatever it was that they that he ended up doing for grief there was some point when he was like and it'll get you back and you know right. like mando wasn't having it and he was like oh but by the way i can get you back in the guild yeah. so yeah i mando is very cagey in this entire episode and i kind of love it like he never says he never gives anything away he never says more very, than he needs to it was very boba fett i felt like yeah you know yeah. you can probably count the number of of words let alone sentences you know, and it's a very low number. It's very low. He's only got in like this, four in lines this. in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so the people in the town are scared. Uh, the vendor who's selling the sizzling meat doesn't want to talk to him. Uh, he tries <laughs> to talk to a guy who's got some kids. And that guy's like, don't talk to anybody. Uh, yeah. And before Mando gets a chance to ask what's up with that, uh, the, the guards show up to take him to the magistrate who would like a word. Uh, and we pass these caged civilians who are being shocked, uh, which has yeah. it's got a definite look to like the um, like Roman crucifixion thing where they used mm-hmm. to put them up in the uh, on like along the road. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then when he's led, into I got the... Game of Thrones. From oh yeah, that same sort of yeah. like along the road. They had all the the owners. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Um, of course, everything inside the palace when he's let in is very lush and beautiful and has this very uh, Asian inspired aesthetic going on there. Like uh, Japanese garden almost. Yeah. I got because there's like There's water like everywhere, ponds, all these yeah. plants and yeah. Um, we have an interesting conversation where the magistrate uh, basically wants uh, the Mandalorian to kill the Jedi uh, who is plaguing her. And he keeps saying, well, my, my price is high. That's not cheap. Uh, yeah. And she offers uh, a spear of pure Beskar. 
and tells him if you kill a Jedi, you can have it. Uh, and again, Mando being cagey, Mando doesn't ever really take the job. <laughs> yeah, he, says, he never says, I'm in. Or yeah. Anything. They don't shake. Yeah. Yep, there's no deal. He just asks where he can find the Jedi. Uh, he's given some information, and he uh, he heads out. Uh, we also get a brief exchange at the gate with Lang, who asks about Baby Yoda, who has been carried in a satchel uh, the entire time. And and he, uh, uh, Mando says, I keep around for luck. <laughs> to which Lang says, you're going to need it where you're going. Um, yeah. we get some... I did like how he was sort of inconspicuous. Right, like, yeah, tucked carrying away. Carrying him around. Like, he's like on his like on his hip, but kind of towards the back so that his cape mostly yeah. covers him up so you can't really see him most of the time yeah. so he's not taking chances yeah, was, here it seems like yeah definitely uh, there's some more beautiful desolation shots as he works his way out into the wilderness here in this entirely raised sort of uh, uh forest uh mm-hmm. and there's also one there are many little easter eggs in this episode the one that i caught um is right in the scene here before he sort of puts baby yoda down and is looking around there is a owl on one of the branches and like a little owl like creature and the i believe the owl is associated with ahsoka in like there is an owl like creature that appears in i think some rebels episodes that's kind of associated with her like so i thought that was a nice tip of the hat there Um, nice very nice yeah uh, so he puts Yoda down, baby Yoda down, scans the horizon, and is basically, as soon as he determines that there's no one around and everything's fine, he immediately gets attacked. <laughs> then he's attacked, yes. Uh, and we have an interesting fight here where we r- perhaps realize for the first time that his armor is impervious to a lightsaber as he blocks her lightsabers with his gauntlet, his Beskar gauntlets. Uh, and mm-hmm. this is kind of a fun bit because then he sets his, her cloak on fire uh and then tries to <laughs> wrap her up with his little grappling cable at which point she jumps over a tree and hauls him up which is a great move yeah. uh until he finally is like whoa, 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 whoa i'm just here to talk uh bo-katan sent me uh and ahsoka looks over at baby yoda and says i hope it's about him so yeah yeah so now we have an interesting bit where ahsoka sort of communes with baby yoda uh like they seem to just be having this entirely non-verbal conversation as they sit by the little warming lantern as mando paces very nervously around (laughs) it was really funny to watch him be like awkward and and tense and we knew it even though we couldn't see his face like the whole everything he was doing was very like i don't know what's happening and i'm not sure if this was a good idea and you know questioning like all of his decisions that caused him to end up on the planet yeah and my kids in there with this stranger and i'm very Mm. nervous about that and yeah it's like like having your kid at the doctor or something yeah um and we get the first of our bombshells momentarily later when ahsoka confirms she can talk to the baby who has a name and his name is grogu (laughs) boy divisive divisive decision here i feel like after all that to find like it i mean it doesn't even sound cool or anything i guess i felt like i felt like i could have more faith in dave filoni that you know at least it would sound cool but it really doesn't yeah but you know yoda was probably a stupid name this is what i keep saying just didn't pay attention yeah this is what i keep thinking is like we're just we're really used to yoda right it's been like 40 years of dealing with yoda um yeah but yeah, there is something. There is something also weird, like uh, somewhat like baby talk about it, right? Like that I think is yeah. part of what makes it feel like not exactly pleasant on the ears, um, yeah. as it were, ears. Um, but it is. 
yeah, I don't know. I'm going to roll with it. I think it'll grow on people like, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a science fiction universe, guys. Let's just, (laughs) none of the names are cool, really. (laughs) Yeah, I don't, I didn't really, I don't have strong feelings about it either way, but it doesn't sound as cool as, as some other names that we have had previously. So, you know, it, it's just a name. I, like, there, I'm, I'm not super against it, but right. I wasn't like, oh, what a cool name. So. There are a lot of dumb names in the prequels, let's remember. <laughs> there are even yeah, some dumb names in the originals. True. There are dumb names in the originals. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, he he responds in, in a in a redeeming bit of cuteness as soon as the Mandalorian addresses him as Grogu. He kind of looks up with a little, which is, Arr, I think, adorable. adorable. It's the cutest. Yes. And we get some background. He was raised at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. He was trained by a lot of people. And then he was hidden at the end of the Clone Wars. And somebody took him from the temple. Uh, and yeah. uh, he, he, Ahsoka says his memory then became dark, <laughs> which has a lot of different potential yeah. meanings. And I have a bunch of questions oh, about yeah. that little piece of information, right? Like, what do you mean many? Like, how, how were there that many masters? If he's supposed to be... I think we heard at one point that he's around 50. Yep. So, like, how would he have that many tra- that many different people training him in 50 years? Well, like, he's... Even in 40 years. Like, because it's not, you know, he's been, he's been away for a while. So, you know, it wasn't even all of 50 years. So, I could see over 50 years, yeah, you've probably had a bunch of people yeah. train you, but it wasn't 50. So... You know, and what were they teaching him in the first place? And, you know, and, 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 like, I could just right, go on right. and I mean, to my- ask questions, but there's a whole <laughs> bunch there that we don't, that we don't know. And some of it was sort of confusing, like, right? Like, did they just transfer people in every month? Like, you're in charge of younglings this month? Oh, man. Like, was it rotated <laughs> through the council or what? Yeah, I think there were probably, from what we've seen in the prequels and elsewhere, it seems like there are, you know, in the same way you have a lot of teachers at school, you probably got, like, rotated through a bunch of different masters. My rough back of the envelope math suggests that he has been so i think we're about 25 26 years after essentially the end of revenge of the sith at this point so he would have been at the temple presumably for like 20 years depending on how young he was when he you know because he's 50 i think we've been told um yeah, or so, like around 50, I, th- yeah, I don't know Yeah, so there's, there's a plus and minus specific. in there. Yeah, it but was like 50-ish he, or something. And, he was definitely yeah. there for a while, but like we know so little about the the maturation of this race that like, was he there? Was he just right. totally like a baby baby, like an infant? Or, you know, uh, how long before he could actually start learning things? And clearly he learned a lot even as a a very young creature, but it's, yeah. there's a lot we don't know. Yeah. I mean, because we only ever, we only really have like, we didn't spend a bunch of time with Yaddle, speaking of stupid names, Yep. (laughs) but (laughs) um, Yoda was 900 or close when he passed away. So that's all we really know is like, well, if you're going to be 900, like being 50 and not necessarily having awesome verbal skills might be normal. Yep. So I wasn't, I wasn't as worried about that much. So uh, like you, I was trying to like rough out the math. And um, where we are right now, like the conversation that we're having between uh, the Mandalorian and Ahsoka and Grogu is about like five years after Return of the Jedi. Right. So right. that gives us like sort of a ballpark of like, like, yeah, you know, so that we've would... been we've been kind of after 
even the second Death Star for a while. Now. Right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, my rough math is five years after Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi is about three years after A New Hope. And then A New Hope going by Luke is, you know, Luke and Leia are about 18. So it mm-hmm. makes it about 18 years since Revenge of the Sith. So 25, 26 yeah. years, somewhere in there. But like he's been also means he's been like hidden basically for half his life, half his current existence, right. which is not nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And then his memory is dark. Dark, right. I mean, was so, he literally in darkness or was this a figurative darkness? Like, a lot of questions yes. there. Yes. Um, Ahsoka and says... And where? Like, yeah, that's, right. You know, that's that's the other piece of that is like, where was he? Was he, he out on that for planet? For that time. Yeah, was he on that planet with um, the, the like bounty hunter people where Mando rescues him in episode one for like 20 years? Or was he only there for the last five years? Yeah. Or was he bouncing around? <laughs> yeah. Was he seeing the like, sights? Did he hang out in the desert like Obi-Wan Kenobi? Like, time honored. Did he, did he go to Dagobah? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like Everyone goes to Dagobah eventually. Yeah. I liked... The, somebody had a theory that the reason Yoda liked Dagobah is because there he was the apex predator. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That he really, ate everything. It's really amazing. That's yeah. creepy. Just like, he's got, you know, he kept his lightsaber. He'd just been like slicing things up. Um, <laughs> speaking of Yoda, Ahsoka mentions he's only, uh, she's only known one other being like this, uh, namely Yoda. And we get a little uh, snippet of the Yoda, th- classic Yoda theme, which is lovely. And Mandalorian gets his Force 101 intro as Ahsoka explains the whole energy field thing and the Jedi Order fell a long time ago. The same way Obi-Wan explained it, if I'm not mistaken. Pretty close. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so Mando Which asks, was and I liked her the moment where she sort of sat for a second and thought about like after she said she'd only known one other being like him and she kind of sits there for a minute and you can tell she's just like think about Yoda and mm-hmm. it was just a really nice moment like to, to watch her sort of have this fond remembrance yeah, and kind of give everybody touching. else a second to go what do you mean oh well we call him baby Yoda until a minute ago <laughs> yeah. so maybe that's we're who still, she's talking about we're yeah. still processing um so mando needs ahsoka's help to train him and she says she will test him in the morning uh, and that test involves some moving rocks around she tries to <laughs> float the rock over to grogu and he catches it and he's very happy but when she asks him to return it he just drops it on the ground uh <laughs> doesn't work much better when mando tries which she asks him to um uh ahsoka says she senses his fear and that he's grogu has hidden his abilities in order to survive all these years mm. Um, and so she asks the Mandalorian to like, why don't you take my place in this and see if he'll listen to you to which Mando quips that'd be a first. <laughs> uh, I, I did like that. I think yeah. I was thinking the same thing as she was saying it. It was I, like, a, let me tell you about this time me. with the two wires where I tried to get him connected to the, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we get another cute moment where, you know, Mando says, all right, kid. And, uh, Ahsoka immediately corrects him. Grogu. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah. Uh, he has a name. Yep, Start he has a name. Yeah. Start using it. Get used to that. Uh, she tells him to try and connect with him. And after the rock doesn't particularly work, Mandalorian has the bright idea of producing the little ball toy. <laughs> Chekhov's gear shift. Yep, knob. there it is. Paying off. And of course, it zips right over. Uh, and he's so proud, right? Like he's got that proud dad moment going on where he's like, you did it. Good job. I oh, knew yeah. you could do it. <laughs> um, now, we think that's great news. To Ahsoka, apparently not so much. She says she's worried because he's formed a strong attachment to the Mandalorian, and so she can't train him because the attachment makes him vulnerable to his fears and his anger. And she's seen what that can do to a fully trained Jedi Knight, <coughs> Anakin. She has this moment of like, ask me how I know, and I'm like, I'm in for some stuff. Yeah. Watching the rest of yeah. the Clone Wars. I have a feeling 
Yeah, because I mean, I've been wondering about that so far. You know, right. like a couple of times she's mentioned something about how Anakin and Padme get along so well. Yeah, and so I just keep waiting for I keep waiting for her to like figure it out. So I'm assuming we get more of that. Yeah, there's a. I, I so. feel like I will say about Clone Wars, it does a nice job of charting a more gradual descent for for Anakin rather than the. Uh, what often feels i think like if you just watch the movies it feels like a bit of a heel turn like it really he's does. a he's a jerk but he's not like a murderous jerk and then he goes to immediately like murder level 1000 and then yeah yeah like changes his cl- it's like changing his clothes like he comes yep. out in a different outfit and all of a sudden he's killing pure kids evil. killing kids yeah. left and right it was it was really surprising yeah. so for people who have not watched um the clone wars i will say i've been enjoying it immensely um the things that I have not liked are my own frustrations. So it's been um, this episode, which is a half hour of animation, did more to advance Anakin's character than I got in like an entire movie, mm-hmm. you know, in some cases. So that's been the part that I've been frustrated by is like they're, they could have done so much more yeah. in the films with making them making all of these other characters interesting and cool. And some of the interesting, cool characters we get in Clone Wars are. Um, some of the Jedi that we only saw for a minute in right. a prequel. Like in the so council scene. I really enjoyed. Yeah. yeah. So I've really enjoyed like getting a little bit more interaction with some of them and finding out a little bit more about, you know, who they are and what's their deal and kind of how all the Jedi interact with each other. Cause we didn't really get a whole lot of that. If one of them wasn't Yoda or Obi-Wan pretty mm-hmm, much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for people who haven't watched those, they are available on Disney Plus, which I know you already have because you're watching The Mandalorian. So maybe go check it out because it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So I, will I would just that. sort We've of been... advertise for that, even though I'm not done. Like, I'm not even. There are seven seasons. Yeah. And they, they vary in length. Uh, I've seen all yeah. of them, but my, my wife has not. And she actually, like, literally after watching this episode last night or Friday night, she was like, ah. Oh, we got to watch Clone Wars. And so we went back because we'd watched a little bit together. And now she's been mm-hmm. like binging, <laughs> binging it since then. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's my uh, mealtime viewing. So I will watch it while I'm eating lunch or eating breakfast sometimes during the day. So um, I've been sort of taking them a piece at a time. And I will find myself getting a little bit caught up and like, wait, 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 like, you know, I have to get back to work. So I can't right. finish yeah. watching this. It's, it's, it's very addictive. I will put in yeah, um, the show notes so good. for this show. Um, my friend Jane Ritt, who was on an episode uh, last year, um, has compiled with another of our friends a watch list to try and uh, eliminate some of the episodes that are perhaps a little more aimed at younger audiences uh, or not as critical to the overall arcs. So I'll put a link to that watch list in the show notes. Yes, please. Uh, well, so I have that, and I've been using it, and it's, it's been serving me very well. Yeah, we've so. been using it. In our <laughs> I, can, I can having endorse s- that too. Having seen the ones that have left off, been left off like once, I'm like, I'm glad I saw them, but I'm glad I don't need to rewatch them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Ahsoka is definitely feeling, uh, you know, like she's seen some some bad stuff with, um, you know, Jedi who are too attached to things, and so she says it's better off that you just like let his abilities fade. Um, Mandalorian's not particularly happy about this. He basically explains the magistrate sent him to kill her and he tries to cut a deal and say, essentially like, I'll help you deal with your problem. If you get Grogu trained, um, they sort of run down. He created his own side quest, which I thought was really kind of funny. Like he's had enough of them. Like, I guess he doesn't know what to do. I know how this works. Like, yeah, I was really surprised though, that she sort of wanted to forsake him because, uh, this is, Post-Order 66, this is when Jedi are still in hiding. Everything's all 
uh, secret and weird and there aren't a lot of them left. And as many as there are have sort of been scattered to the winds, right? Like we know not a lot of Jedi made it through. So I was really surprised that she was like that, that she probably knowing this being, you know, as well apprised of the situation as anybody probably could be at that point, knowing that there aren't very many that those that there are, um, you know, like they're all in hiding and sort of secretive too. And so for her to be like, yeah, we don't need another was very surprising yeah. to and me. I, and I won't go into too much of the, again, the spoilers or things where this go, but I think it's consistent with Ahsoka's uh, kind of her journey to okay. kind of be concerned about this or at least feel like maybe this opens the door to more problems than solutions. Um, and uh, and just that be wary. Makes, yeah. Like that I could see. Uh, yeah. yeah, like even in the amount of Ahsoka that I know, like that seems pretty, that does seem like maybe it would be a fair trade, but I still was yeah. sort of surprised because I'm like, don't you sure. think it yeah. outweighs like having another one? Yeah, <laughs> so, right, exactly. Yeah, I was wondering. Uh, the Mandalorian goes through basically all the challenges they've got, the army, the uh, hired gun, the uh, HK-87 assassin droids, <laughs> and uh, they exchange some intel. Ahsoka tells us the magistrate herself, Morgan Elsbeth. Uh, was basically somebody whose uh, family was wiped out in the Clone Wars, and she channeled all her energy into basically building the Imperial Starfleet and plundering worlds, such as Corvus, which she's obviously been sort of strip mining for, at least for trees, if not anything else. Yeah. Now, is Morgan Elizabeth new to you because she was new to me? I looked her up and found nothing. I don't think she existed prior to this. Okay, because I'm like, I don't think that name sounds familiar, but maybe I'm just not we remembering did. because there's been a lot of extended stuff we did google and found somebody named elsbeth morgan somewhere and i was like <laughs> i wonder if they're related to someone who works on the show that's kind of my guess um yeah before anything happens ahsoka needs the prisoners who are inside to be freed otherwise the magistrate will use them as hostages um yeah. and mando's all hey a mandalorian and a jedi they'll never see it coming <laughs> and so we Which, get a, oh, that yeah. part i know is true it's, because uh, they are famously not friendly. Historical if, enemies. If I'm recalling correctly. Yep, yeah. Yeah. Like Hat- Hatfield McCoy. Yes. It's, friendly, it's some very, very deep feuds uh, between the two cultures. Um, Ahsoka reappears at the gate uh, in sort of a replay of our opening scene as the alarm begins to sound. And this time she's all on the offensive as she sort of jumps up and uh, slices and dices a lot of the soldiers on top of the wall and uh, ends with a nice slicing the entire bell in half as it tumbles into the, the street. the alarm itself. Yep. yep. The, the alarm has been sounded. Um, the, uh, the army is sort of at the inner gate and the magistrate's got her droids and there's sort of a Wild West slash samurai showdown moment where Ahsoka appears at the other end of the street uh, and then tosses down uh mando's shoulder armor and says your bounty hunter has failed and basically where's your master you're gonna tell me some stuff yeah deep stuff the army is sent after her um they're told they should execute the prisoners first then go door to door as ahsoka disappears sort of into the streets um but the mandalorian arrives when everybody's cleared out to save the prisoners and he and this uh one particular civilian that he tried to talk to earlier sort of team up to get them out uh Even though they never really speak. Yeah, they kind of have these friendly nods. Like There's this sort of... Respect. Yeah, they just sort of look at each other and 
And it was that was even more interesting because not only are they not using words, but they're not really using facial expressions because it's not like Mando has it. Yeah, right. Exactly. But there's a there's a so, recognition there, right? Like they they clearly he like nods yeah. and you can tell it's like, a, yep, I appreciate what you're doing. Thanks for helping me out. Um, yeah. It's a nice moment, though. Uh, yeah, the, their interactions were all great. It was really it was really interesting to watch that and know exactly what was happening and then realize later, like. It's not like they were doing that with, you know, the knowing eyebrow raise or anything right, like that. Right. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, was, and a show that's already cool. short on dialogue a lot of the times, they're even short on body language, too, which is definitely <laughs> yeah. challenging. Uh, the the soldiers all hunt Ahsoka throughout the streets. And there's, again, some more fun, like horror movie style things as she picks them off in small mm-hmm. groups, including a really cool shot where she's like almost like drawing her lightsabers apart, like behind them. It's just like the blade mm-hmm. kind of goes like sideways and like, you know, there's a lot of like cutaways before it gets too, too gory or anything, but it's just yeah. a fun sort of suspenseful chase. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of suspense and it was all dark and there was a little bit of, um, I got kind of a crouching tiger, hidden dragon mm-hmm, vibe mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. it. Cause there's that, that one massive battle in the dark. Right. Uh, so, th- and it may just be because that's like the samurai thing I've watched the most recently. <laughs> but um, that was the thing that I, that it gave me. Aside from the, the horror of it, of like, uh, where is the thing that is coming to get me, and that being very suspenseful. Aside from that, uh, it was very much uh, another sort of classic battle of you know one versus many in a samurai movie kind of a thing. And you know because she pops up on the roof and right. yeah. you know here and there Hello. and all kinds of things. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. Uh, there's also another brief uh, Easter egg here, which is a loth cat, which is appears in the street a couple times, which is a yeah. recurring creature from Rebels. I think we saw one in the last season of Mandalorian at one point, too. Uh, but it kind of screeches off at one point as the soldiers are, like, jumping at yeah. every shadow. Um, there's one scene, too, I love where they, they're cutting her, like, moving around a bunch, like, outside of as, like, the soldiers are, like, looking for her. And there's one where yeah. she just walks by really briefly in, like, a split frame, that just, like, very casually, like, hello, <laughs> and disappears yep. again. I thought that was great. What's up? Yeah, yeah, that was, watching her be very slow and then be, and then, you know, because the rest of the time it was so fast. So just watching her sort of go by at walking speed, you know, kind of moseying along. No, she's was not funny. worried. She's not worried. Um, yep. she, she corners Lang, but she is basically distracted from finishing him off by the assassin droids, one of which she slices in half, and the other one is basically goes after to chase her. Um, now, what? did you get sort of the meta chuckle that I got out of Michael Bean and assassin droids? <laughs> Killing giant killer because, robots? <laughs> yeah. Because I kind of had a moment of like, hmm. He came around. Like, <laughs> they're all right. They're not that bad. That's not the worst Overstated. thing. Overstated. Um, uh, Lang works his way back to the main gate, and then we have uh, a great moment where he uh, kind of ha- they kind of have a showdown, him and Mando, and he's like, you threw in with the Jedi. Uh, and-, and I love that their conversation includes updates based on the battle they're hearing over the wall. Yes, yeah. So there's a lot of fun there. So we basically have two simultaneous showdowns happening as Lang yes. and Mando are standing in the street, and they're not doing anything like they're having a little chat about like ah, oh, who's gonna win could be your side could be my side you know we're very similar we're willing to lay our lives down for the right cause this isn't it like you know and so he goes to like put his gun down at one point and meanwhile we have ahsoka and the magistrate uh who is played by i should note diana lee Inosanto, who is the goddaughter of bruce lee uh and a wow. well-known stunt performer in her own right uh and martial artist and so yeah. they have a fun, 
like really cool fight. Like first they do the thing where they like, take off the cloaks, you know, slowly. Yep. And she's got the staff with the best car staff. Hold on while we prep. Yep. yep. And she like rings it on the ground uh, before they start. And then they mm-hmm. have this like long fight. And of course, because we've learned best car can resist lightsaber blades. Uh, yeah. The best car spear is apparently pretty good at fighting lightsabers. Yeah. It was. And, and watching it was just amazing. Watching yeah, all it's, like it's all beautifully of the, choreographed, all of the tactics, all of the movement, all of the watching them like watching each of them go to town, like right, super, and they're like testing great. each other out a little bit at first, mm-hmm. like feeling out the defenses. It definitely has that like kind of short, abbreviated. Like I feel like a lot of both old, you know, like gunslinger duels and samurai battles. A lot of times, like the battles aren't long, right? A lot of the the action itself is over very quickly. Yeah. It's the mm-hmm. it's the sussing each other out and like you know the the hands by the pistols or like yep. circling each other, and like that's you get kind of that build here. Yeah. So the uh, the magistrate basically uh, knocks one of Ahsoka's lightsabers out of her hand. Uh, meanwhile, um, on the street, as I said, into the water, into the water. I assume she gets it back. Um, yeah, I had a bunch of questions after that. <laughs> how I never thought about that. Like what happens now? She's got and the force. She just plucks it back out. And it's fine. Does she just have to put it in like space rice to dry out. That's right, space rice. You know? Yeah. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's IPF 70 or something, you know, it's IP 70. <laughs> it's good for three meters for 30 minutes. You just got to get it out ahead of that. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. Um, okay. The she eventually like uh, switches to her backhand grip, which is a very Clone Wars style. Uh, that's like her fighting style. And she, I was even more excited great. when very she cool. flipped it. Yep. Uh, and then she knocks the spear uh, out of the magistrate's hand and basically disarms her. And outside we have Lang saying, "Well, it looks like you win." And he like slowly goes to put his gun down, and we're all like, <laughs> "Maybe he's gonna give." No, he's not gonna give up. He no. draws, but he can't. He's I not fast it. enough. And uh, Mando takes him down. Um, the, uh, you know, townspeople filter out at that point again in our very old, you know, wild west setting where they're all like, oh, the showdown's done. We can come out. And, uh, our (laughs) guy, our guy from before is like, oh, thanks. This is great. And uh, then notices the assassin droid is creeping up. And of course, Mando dispatches it easily, uh, with a little behind him shot. And Uh, that was really like, I was really, I guess I hadn't noticed before. But it was funny to me that the the droid didn't bounce. Like, it just hit the ground and just thunk. Yeah, like, heavy. it was magnetized or something. Like, yeah, I mean, I suppose it's really very heavy, but it was just very striking to me that it didn't... There was no, like, recoil when it right, hit right. the deck. They make those things so. the last. Yeah. Uh, and then the uh, Ahsoka interrogates the magistrate for the information <sighs> that she's been after, which is, now tell me, where is your master? Where is... Grand Admiral Thrawn, (laughs) which is a great moment, a great moment for many people who are fans of longtime Star Wars uh, (laughs) stories, because uh, Thrawn, for those who don't know, was first introduced in Heir to the Empire, Timothy Zahn's book, which is sort of the first big Star Wars book to come out like 10 years after Jedi or something. There were a few around the time that the movies were coming out, but this was sort of the one that launched the entire expanded universe. Um, and it was really good, and it was one of the, really one of a trilogy. I have and all those. I love those books so much. I do too. <laughs> they were very interesting. But also, um, there's a second Thrawn trilogy, and the most the the third book of those came out in like September. Yeah, like, he's been a writing more. Ago. Yeah, I, I so 
uh there there's three more minimum there may be more i look forward to your letters um <laughs> but i know there's a second trilogy and the second trilogy has come out over the last year or perhaps two and i've really really enjoyed those i will say i guess uh, with way more background on on thrawn and, and who he is and like what's his deal i got to meet tim's on uh, a few years ago at a con and uh oh. talk to him a little bit and tell him how much his his books had inspired my writing and that was a lot of fun because <laughs> he's very nice That's very great. nice fellow um, i remember reading those books in the late 90s like right after they came out in paperback um in the mid to late 90s because uh i had been I got a job and I was riding the bus a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, well, I'll read a book and then people on the bus will leave me alone. Right. Well, no, because I would read them on the bus and then people would want to come talk to me about hearing a rumor that they were making more Star Wars movies. <laughs> so it didn't really help. So yeah, that, that like, is the That's trick. one of the associated memories I have with those books. But it was also getting to return to Star Wars. Because at that point, we were sort of like, was, well, we did three movies. What more do you people want from us? Because like, the only people that did more more sort of you know franchise movies, it was like James Bond. Otherwise, you know, you got three, and that was it. Or for some, most, there were some Star Trek, things. yeah, some Star Trek movies here and there, you know, but yeah, not, yeah. For that, most things. Was, I think we're only up to like four, four or five Star Trek movies, I think, at that point. Maybe more. I think six. Um, I think the first. Star, I think all the originals were oh, out, yeah. pretty close to the same. The, maybe the last one came out yeah. around the same time as the books came out. Yeah, but it was not like generally you didn't get more movies, right? And, there and particularly was... sci-fi because yeah. sci-fi was just sort of that that thing that that weird kid at school liked, and not right. like regular people like it is now. Right, right. I mean, so. it was a bit of a wasteland for the Star Wars period. I think of it as for like a long the, time. The interregnum, you know, I've got this long gap between movies, yeah. and that was those were some great things, and they really launched the entire idea of like a media empire. And honestly, I think probably really helped the fact that they decided to make the the movies eventually right there was clearly an audience for yeah. it so so obviously people thanks wanted more. yeah uh, and we'll say i mean not to give too much away but thrawn has already been reintroduced into the current canon this will not be his first appearance but it would be his first live action appearance were he to show up yeah that was the thing i was excited about when we heard ahsoka tano's name was that we were gonna get sort of a real life iteration mm -hmm. and not just an animated one uh which so i was that's why I was, what i was really excited about was sort of getting to see her in real life um once we once we heard her name dropped yeah so and and now i'm looking forward to uh thrawn which yeah. is of course going to be next season uh, one would one would assume unless they've been really sneaky about it well unless we get you know and, and because i'm assuming the rest of this season is side quests we got a whole bunch of information in this one so we have to have another episode or two of of side quest mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but uh that that was the other thing i was really looking forward to once she said his name was um What's he going to look like and who are they going to get to play him? And like, where's he at now compared to what we've seen in the books? And like, yeah, what's up? Uh, and this also brought up for me a bunch of questions about canon and not because I know some stuff has has sort of switched back and forth. Yeah, there's a, over the years. There's so. some confusion. I mean, not confusion. I want to say there's a there's a lot of possibility here based on what we've seen and that, you know. Now that we're introducing characters who have been seen in previous canonical stories, we still have gaps, right? Like, even though Ahsoka has been seen in other stories, there are definitely gaps of like, well, what was she doing, like, during, say, all of the original movies, right? Like, yeah. where was she at? Was she busy? Was she doing other stuff? Is she out here in the outer room just chilling out? Like, there's questions. Yeah, because there, there's a whole lot of life between the animated series, I'm in the midst of now, which is between two and three. Yep. And episode two and episode three 
and where we are now after episode six. So there's a whole bunch of time in betwixt. Yep. So I don't know. Maybe she'll get her own show. I mean, yeah, I think that's a lot of people are speculating it because the question of, you know, dropping these hints that seem to be about a parallel storyline that doesn't really involve the Mandalorian whatsoever. And yeah. is it going to tie in? Is it its own thing? Is it a pilot, you know, a backdoor pilot for a spinoff? I think there's a lot of questions there uh, yeah. and not, not a lot of good answers. But let's uh, let's well, wrap up. I, if any of them are, if any of them have an answer of more Ahsoka Tano, then that is the correct answer. <laughs> That's, the correct That's answer. really where Agreed. I'm at is I, I would like to see more of her and particularly Ro- Rosario Dawson's version of her because I thought she was really great. Um, so the townspeople make the civilian, the new magistrate, uh, the guy who was helping out Mando, uh, which yeah. everybody seems really happy about and everybody's celebrating and, you know, they're really glad, glad to be shot of that magistrate, apparently. Um, yeah. Ahsoka, no more electric cages is, that's right. is yeah, that's, a thing that, that you should his, definitely celebrate. That was his platform. <laughs> I will not put people <laughs> in electric cages. Vote for me. Um, Ahsoka gives Mando the spear, which he tries to not take for a bit, but she points out this is it's a Mandalorian weapon, basically. It belongs with a Mandalorian. Um yeah. uh, she he says Grogu's back at the ship and he'll go get him. And we get this really interesting <laughs> the music there was this jaunty panpipe version of the Mandalorian theme, which I thought was kind of funny. Uh yeah. it's kind of kind of different different vibe happening there. Um Grogu is sleeping on the ship and the Mandalorian wakes him up and says, it's time to say goodbye. And we have a very sweet pullback shot as he's like holding them on his lap. And like, I think he's like, they're yeah. holding hands even. It's really cute. It's adorable. It's it so was, cute. yeah, it was a very, it was a very squishy moment right there. And I enjoyed it. Despite the whole thing with the attachment before, right? Like, I think that's, it's interesting because, you know, if you watch the prequels, there's the whole thing about the Jedi's not having attachment and they go into it a little bit in Clone Wars as well. But like, so much of this story is about how the strength of it is in the attachment, right? Like, attachments are not fundamentally a bad thing. And that's one of the things the Jedi kind of struggle with. And, and arguably one of the things that l- leads to their downfall is trying to eschew this stuff, which is natural. Right. And I think it's interesting yeah. to see that play out here. Yeah. And, you know, having something to fight for is kind of, I think, where Anakin takes that is... You know, his attachment is what drives him to do what's right and, and you know, sort of have a cause to rally behind is this person that I care about. And, you know, and, and the official stance, I think, from the Jedi Council is like, you know, if you have an attachment, that's a weakness because somebody could exploit that yeah. to make you do something that you would not otherwise do by perhaps harming that person or putting them in danger in some way and then using that as leverage over you. Right. Or even and if you don't have any attachments, you don't have any leverage. Exactly. Or even just the idea that the fact that you're worried or fearful for mm-hmm. somebody else. And I think, you know, it's interesting because you can see, and again, I will recommend Clone Wars highly if you haven't watched it. A lot of that goes into the uh, character of Anakin as being overprotective and worried about people, including Ahsoka, who is his Padawan, and like yeah. that leading him to be a uh, kind of um, to, to to an extreme, right? He takes it to an extreme, and that's I think what the real danger is. Is Anakin is fundamentally somebody who is very damaged because of his upbringing, and yeah, it, it sort of comes out. He's kind of been traumatized. He's never really dealt with it, and it comes out with him being extremely overprotective to a destructive at times destructive level right. uh in the, the idea of protecting the tragic people. flaw like you you have a good quality but when you overdo that good quality mm-hmm. then you know it all comes apart and yeah. that's kind of where yeah. he's at yeah so, and that's what i've enjoyed about watching him in in clone wars is that he he does have that conflict and he has a little bit of 
he does have a, a little bit of a rebellious stance compared to what the rest of the Jedi Council has in different in different ways. He sort of bumps up against the edges of what they think is acceptable and stuff. And, exactly. And it's it's fun to watch them suss that out. And I I think uh, I'm to the point now where we can see that uh, Ahsoka has been learning from him mm-hmm. for good or ill yep. at this yep. point. Um, and so some of that is it, some of that has been has been interesting to sort of watch manifest over yeah, the last. I, I, I think, think third season is where a lot of that is is picking up. One thing that people gloss over i think sometimes too much in um the whole star wars franchise is the effect of your mentors on how you act in the future like i know a lot of people when last jedi came out were like very upset that luke you know turned himself into a hermit i'm like look at who his teachers were ben and yoda (laughs) both of those people one real example exactly both both obi-wan and yoda were like oh i'm out like i'm gonna hide on this planet for a long time and it's like of course he thought that was like the right answer (laughs) yeah here's what happened i guess i gotta nope out and live by myself yeah that was the only way that's we all take bad examples yeah it is the way indeed so uh mando exits the ship with grogu and, and soka confronts him and says look you're, you're you're like a father to him yeah we all know this but you know you're catching on <laughs> and she says she can't <laughs> train him. underscoring that for people who like have their phone out during yeah. the show just yeah. in case you missed it uh she reiterates that she can't train him and he's all upset because he's, he's like you made me a promise i did my i helped you take <laughs> out the magistrate lady you're supposed to you're supposed to deal with this i did the thing now you do the thing yeah, yeah. we had it we had a deal um and Ahsoka says, there's an alternative. You can go to the planet Tython, and there's ruins of a temple there that have a connection with the Force, and there's a seeing stone at the top of the mountain. You can put Grogu there, and he can choose his own path. If he reaches out with the Force, another Jedi might sense his presence and come to train him, or he might decide, essentially, to like do his own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she gives a little smile and nod to Grogu as she leaves. And I, what I thought was really interesting about this scene, especially on the second watching, is I think what it really... What it really puts into stark relief is the idea that the they're they're so similar, Mando and Grogu, right? Because they're innately both on their own path of sort of deciding who they want to be. Because the mm-hmm. Mandalorian, we've seen the conflict in the last couple of weeks where he's met other Mandalorians who are like, "Oh, yeah, you're weird, man. Like we don't do that thing with the helmet. <laughs> like that's weird." And he's starting to yeah. feel some conflict there, I think. And and Grogu yeah. has to choose his path, and so they're both kind of on this journey together, which I really love. Mm-hmm. It has a nice synergy between the two of them. It explains why they like why they've bonded. I think in some ways and so so strongly is because they both kind of feel like maybe they're between cultures or between worlds. Um, yeah, yeah, I dig that a lot. And it was only a recent development that that Mando found more like him, right? Officially more like him. We saw him unofficially find somebody you know with the same outfit but wasn't quite the same um, in a previous episode. But uh, it was. It's been interesting to watch each of them sort of sort of go through this together. And I know that like most of what Grogu is going through is, you know, is determined by Mando, but uh it's it's they're both they like you said, they're both on the same path and it's it's fun to watch them do it together. So they are apparently off to Tython. We'll see if they make it there next week or some other side quest interrupts them. <laughs> but that's where we're going. But there's a lot there's a lot threads dropped here as we talked about we talked about thrawn a bit and and ahsoka and like what's their deal i also think we you know the i I, what i think is great about both the weekly drops here and the slow pace is that 
they can put out these dangling plot threads and you know uh, is it going to come back later this season is it going to come back next season yeah. like so far already this season we had like last week we had moff gideon and his creepy sword black stormtrooper like brigade or whatever <laughs> yeah that's still out there how is moff gideon related to thrawn are they working is one of them working for the other well, are they rivals why does why does ahsoka want thrawn so badly right? is now my my number one question yeah. I have a theory, uh, but that's based on stuff from Rebels. And again, I don't want to put out too many spoilers, but there is <laughs> okay. there is rationale for why that might be the case, but it's still an open okay. question. Yeah. So I don't know, like, and and why it is so, ur- well, how she found out that this person, that, that Morgan Elsbeth would know was mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. thing I wanted to, like, how do you know this person has the information that you're looking for? There was... And then... There, there was an Easter egg somebody had to point out. To, in fact, my wife found it because she, she loves Brett, like looking for this stuff once we watch the show. Yeah. Apparently, the droids, the assassin droids, have on emblems on them on their heads of the Seventh Imperial Fleet, which is Thrawn's fleet. Oh, that's scene. Thrawn's fleet. Yeah, yeah. And it's like okay, okay. So she, there is a connection there, clearly. But what is it? Like we still don't exactly know. Yeah. So like, and we got mention of because. Um, Ahsoka told Mando about it. Uh, you know, she said at one point, like, um, her people were, all of her people were killed in the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. and so she sort of helped build the Empire. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, what that means in relation to Thrawn, like, is the part that I'm sort of curious, I'm still yeah. very, very curious is she about. she supplying him, maybe? Like, maybe she's, you know, making... Like, is she an arms dealer? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, but, like, yeah, and I can't tell, again, is the the master reference kind of like a... You know, is that like a derogatory, like, oh, yeah, you're, you're his lapdog or whatever? Or yeah. is, it, is there something more formalized happening there? Unclear? Yeah. Uh, Who's um, your master? Like, your master that w- I wondered, like, what, yeah, what relationship that was. Um, where are they headed? Uh, what's going to happen when we get to Tython? Uh, is if, if a Jedi comes, who's it going to be? Yep. Like, who, you know, who's realistically left who's at this there? point? Yep. What are they going to have to talk about? Um you know, what if he decides his own path? What if it turns out that he would rather be a dark Jedi because when he does what he knows is naughty, you know, people laugh at it or whatever. <laughs> He's, you yeah, know, see, he um, acts out. I understand. Yeah. He's like, only 50. There's sort of that, Give him a break. That, <laughs> there's, there's, you know, because he's still in that sort of toddler phase, you know, when you have to like not laugh, even though it's funny because the kid will do it again. Right. And, yeah. you know, so like where's where's that going to get him and and how much you know how much of the conversations going around around him is stuff that he really you know understands and internalizes and yeah. you know that kind of stuff so i was i'm i'm really really interested in what the next couple of episodes bring us because we heard Ahsoka's name a couple of episodes ago before we actually saw her yeah so and i'm wondering how long it's going to take us to get to tython or if that's going to be like the end of this season is we get there and we sit yoda on the seeing stone and or Grogu on the end uh, on the seeing stone and then credits. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> like, uh, like, like Ray finding Luke at the end of episode seven. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, but, and then just to throw into the mix there, because I love reminding people of this, because remember when we watched the first episode of the season and everybody freaked out because Boba Fett showed up at the end. And it's like, well, we forgot about that. That was seven episodes. Like, yes. <laughs> that was five six episodes ago we're we're on to other stuff now but that's still hanging out there too right so there's like boba fett where yeah i i it does feel like there is a lot of possibility in a lot of different directions and will this all tie together 
or are we just building stuff out for like the next season i don't know but i am or I'm three here for it. like we don't know how much sure. mandalorian we're gonna get so we never right. we never hear stories about you know oh we meant this to be a three season we meant mandalorian to be a three season thing or you know we ha- we went in with a with a five season arc or anything like that like we don't know yeah. nobody has talked has talked about it really except um i think halfway through the first season we found out a second season was coming yeah i think and that was, you know a year ago they were like yeah next year you'll get more mandalorian so i don't know like what like i don't i don't remember having heard anything more about you know yeah, more they, mandalorian or how much more mandalorian basically so they're I throwing think the, all these things out there and i don't know how much we're gonna get right paid off i think the third season has largely been like sort of tacitly confirmed if not officially confirmed i can't remember now if they announced it or not but i think everybody they've they've sort of hinted at it a bunch of people have said like yeah we've started to you know develop it etc so like and, and it's clear to me certainly from the reception that it's gotten especially as it's you know one of the major drivers on disney plus right now like they're yes. not gonna let this go anytime soon but yeah you know it is interesting also i think that we talked about this a little bit last week you know without any officially announced movies on the horizon either like small screen is driving star wars stuff right now this is the this is the torchbearer yeah so yeah that's yeah. that's a lot of and, weight yeah well and like you i love the weekly I like not yeah. having a season at once. I like getting getting the one the same time as everybody else. We all have to kind of sit with it for a week and consider. Um, and I and I like you know if you you know it's it's the only the only new thing you have until yeah. next week, right? Yep. So watch it again, yeah, and you'll pick up the other thing like you know um the owl that you mentioned, or um you know going back and watching again and seeing um a little different reaction from somebody when you know how the episode ends mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and some of that stuff because they do hold up like yeah, I've, I've watched i've watched all of them again this season i'm sure i did it last season for all of them yeah. too um and and being able to to kind of ponder that like having the opportunity to ponder that for a week like as much as it would be awesome to binge the mandalorian yeah. uh I like at least in in this at this point in time when it's new like getting to sit with that and go like what else does Ahsoka have on her plate right now that she needs to be working on or uh what Jedi are left and being able to kind of sit and ponder some of that stuff is really fun and that's part of what I like about the show I agree I mean if it was don't get me wrong if it was bingeable I would binge it but it would be like eating a bag of candy and it would just be like I feel (laughs) sick afterwards so I like I like the enforced you know it it builds anticipation right like I really look Mm. forward to watching every week and I think that's fun because there's so little out there that's like that it's basically like this and like Star Trek Discovery is like what I'm like every week I get to watch episodes of shows and I love it I love that aspect yeah All right. Well, I think we've gone through the entire episode. We wrapped about everything up. So I think all that remains is to thank my guest for being here. Kelly Gamont, thank you so much for being on the show this week. Thank you so much for having me come by. It's been a blast. It's been an absolute pleasure. All right. We will be back next week to cover chapter 14 of The Mandalorian, whatever it might be. And until then, this is the way.